welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Today, (laughs) Tim and Julie Harris are going to sit you down and have what should be a good um, coming to Jesus session between you and your wallet. That's what the point of today's podcast is. We're going to be focusing on essentially 14 rules for financial peace. And I'm going to tell you what motivated us to do what might for some of you feel like a very uncomfortable topic. It's because of that reason right there. Because for many of you, it is an uncomfortable topic. And as a result of that, most of you will avoid this conversation completely with yourself primarily, but with everyone else as well. You know, discussing money, talking about money is considered rude, right? It's considered for most people in most situations taboo. If you don't believe me, here's a fun conversation. When was the last time you actually had a conversation with your spouse about money, about debt, about, you know, those types of things? The only time people really focus on money is when they haven't got it or when they realize they've accumulated too much debt or when taxes are due and they don't have the money to pay the taxes. And so what happens at the end of the day is your mind is going to focus its most intense energies on where you choose to focus it. So, for example, and I'm going to preface this by, you know, kind of reeling this back in, letting you know that we're going to be practical and tactical with this topic so you guys can, don't have to feel intimidated by it. So here's the idea. If you had to go on this weekend a listing appointment, and this listing appointment was the perfect house in the perfect location, the perfect price, the perfect sellers, and the sellers were going to move up. And you know the house would sell itself essentially by just putting the sign in the yard, the whole thing. It's like dream listing scenario. If you had to go on that listing, and, but you had to compete for it, you had to compete with three or four other agents, right? Tell me, and the listing's in three or four days. But how, and you just joined a premier coaching program, let's say, and you don't have your PLP done. You don't have your listing present. You don't know what you're going to do. How fast would it take you to master or at least have a literate understanding of our, uh, our coaching system, our real estate sales system? How long would it take for you to master in anticipation of that listing that you know had coming? You would be, all of a sudden, our best coaching client ever, taking action, not screwing out, not waiting around, and not actually allowing the ball to get by you. And that's what I want you guys to think about in terms of your money. Because what happens is, is that many of you, when you look at your money, you don't have that sense of urgency. You don't, have, you don't make it a priority. You don't actually have it essentially reviewing money in your mind. It is not just distasteful to some of you, most of you. It actually is, causes you disdain. It gives you stress. So, you know, to this day, I can feel when Julie and I talk about money, I still feel, uh, she does too, we're both consciously aware of it, a slight tension, you know, that starts to arise in both of us because, A, neither one of us were a to be money aware. It was, and B, if you talked about money in the ways both of us were raised, it would have been considered rude. But C, also, because when Julie and I got married almost 30 freaking years ago, which is amazing to think about, that we had no money. We were, you know, stone cold broke. <laughs> and money was stressful then because we didn't have any. And, and we did have to keep essential claw our way up. And that's the situation that many of you find yourselves in today. 
even after being dec- having essentially decades of earning. You haven't accumulated anything. You don't have anything really to show for all your, your ages of work. And so the reason and what broke Julie and I clear and free of that is because we realized that if we had the same level of intensity and focus as we did on making the money, remember I was giving you this scenario of that perfect situation listing? Well, that's Julie and I in our first year in business in our early 20s, we sold 103 houses with our closed pending. And we did that in Columbus, Ohio. The economy was not that great. The interest rates were not that low. They were 7 and 8%. But we did that our first year in business because we are so totally and completely focused on um, you know, earning money. And what we eventually came to realize, and this is you know, something that we learned fortunately before it was too late, is just because you earn it doesn't mean you're going to keep it. And a lot of people, again, they'll then say, well, look, I'll, the money will take care of itself. I'll have a big closing that's going to pay off all my debt. Or I'm going to have some big thing that happens that's going to essentially fund my ability to, you know, pay for this higher. Those things happen. And as a result, you accumulate some money. What happens? It's abnormal if you choose for it to be, but you have to start with having a real you know, have a real hard conversation with yourself, realizing that money for you and money for most people, the conversation, this very topic, you know, how is it making you feel? Do you feel the hair kind of building up on the back of your arms? Do you kind of feel a little bit anxious? You know, are you thinking about, oh my gosh, uh, I hope Tim and Julie aren't going to ask me to do something that even makes me more uncomfortable. Uh, clue we are, of course, that's our job as your coach. So look, Realize where you're coming from and realize that maybe some of the software that you have in your head with regards to this topic in particular, it needs to be updated. So for many of you, this will be essentially a jumping uh, forward point for you to start really seriously considering how you can actually develop the discipline. And it's not that hard, by the way. It's all pretty easy. Again, we're all about practical and tactical. So we're going to give you 14 points to make sure you're taking great notes during today's podcast. Julie, welcome to today's show. Yes, thank you. And it's always a pleasure to put these types of podcasts together for our listeners, because I think it is something that is universally kind of underrated. You don't get enough education on this, either coming up in school or in church or in your house. Most people are deplete on financial education, unless you went to school and majored in finance. And even then, who knows what's in your mind, right? So 14 rules for financial peace. Number one is super easy. And I'm not somebody that likes to sit there and do data entry all day. And I got this thing done in like an afternoon on all of our different uh, business entities that are going on. Mint.com is a fantastic uh, way to get your financial house in order. And this, I've been starting with this because this is something absolutely everybody can set up and it's free. Okay. So what does it do? Mint.com. So remember it's mint.com. Minted.com is a stationary company. It's just plain mint.com. So it's free. That's good. Super easy to set up. It tracks your bills. It tracks your credit. It keeps track of your assets, your liabilities, your checking account, your savings account. It is literally your financial dashboard. And a lot of you guys don't do this except now and then when you have to as forced by your accountant. So this is really good for you to be able to do this easily by yourself, a financial dashboard. You can log into it from your phone. You can do it. I recommend every Monday morning, do a little checkup. So start with mint.com because it will force you 
to do things like get all of those bills entered, all of your checking accounts. It, it taps into everything and it puts it all in one place. It's super awesome. It will And even the cool catch- thing about Mint too is if you have rental properties, it actually yeah. will, and now granted it's using Z estimates, so it's not that accurate, but it'll keep track of basically the value of the properties. If you have other types of assets, maybe you have some gold, maybe you have some art, maybe you have some whatever, you can just put it all there. And Mint is owned by Intuit, and as you guys know, they make QuickBooks. And so that means that your Mint.com um, account will then automatically feed into the most popular accountant software, so you can just easily send all that information to your accountant during the tax season. Uh, so it also Very will, cool. for example, track when things are due. So if you have you know, uh, a credit card or whatnot, it'll tell you. It'll tell you if you have if you, you know, how many days you have to pay it off before you pay any interest on the balance, assuming you pay your credit cards off every month, things like that. So um, definitely want to put that in place. It'll track your financial investments. It'll track the value of your securities. It'll track just everything. So you can go there budget. and you can actually just log into mint.com and, and we're not affiliates or have any business relationship. We just yep. use it. And you can see exactly what's going on with not just your bills, but every single financial thing that you have going on in your life. And it's that right there, for many of you, it's going to feel like a huge burden has been lifted off your chest because the thing that gives you stress about money is all the, essentially all the little moving parts that feel like they're out of your control. And so what most agents do is they just say, well, you know, screw it. I'm just going to go list another house. I'm just going to make more money. They never actually stop to slow down to see if, they're, if they have anything to show for it. Um, again, you will not – Take that listing in a week, <laughs> that perfect listing, unless you really drill down and focus. Because remember I said you have to compete for it. Well, in this scenario, you're actually having to compete with yourself to build wealth. And that's it, the first best place is with a program like Mint.com. Julie, what's point number two? Yes, you got it. So and I just, you know, I like it because it will then budget for you and it'll say, this is, I'm tracking your spending. You have spent 20% more on gas this month. What's up with that? So it keeps you on track. I really like it. Okay, point number two, keep your bills in one place. Even if most of your bills arrive electronically, you still need a place for those that come by mail. And yes, you, you, I know what gets me off track is these quarterly things, right? So property taxes, homeowners insurance bills, annual, quarterly, sometimes your health insurance is quarterly. So anything that's by mail, you've got to keep track of that. See if you can make it electronic. Some of these companies still don't let you do that. So an occasional expense like a medical test or something is the old-fashioned way. File the important bills. Yes, old-fashioned paper file. So you'll be ready for your accountant at tax time and you don't forget about this stuff. This includes normal bills but also charitable donations, things of that nature. So have one system and one system only to keep it in place. Really, it's two systems because you'll have electronic and then you'll have paper for the stray bills. Point number three, that one was pretty easy. Point number three, actually pay the bills the day you get them. This assumes that you know your budget. Here's the rub. It assumes that you know your budget and you're living within or below your means because you can't pay them on the day that they're due if you're freaking out whether you, you know, how many days you've got or what the budget is. Once you have the calculations of your actual um, you know, your actual budget versus whether you're above or below that, then you can decide whether to set up your automatic billing to the minimum payment or to pay it completely off. You always want to at least do the minimum to protect your credit. If it freaks you out to pay it off or that's too hard for you to predict right now, you're getting your spokes in gear, you're getting your income more predictable, at least do the minimum so that you never get behind. Post your budget somewhere that you see it 
so that you can modify it as necessary. Maybe you paid off a visa this month and you can cross that off of your monthly budget. So this is why you want the real estate treasure map. It forces you to know how much do you have to earn? What are your outside forces? Maybe your spouse's income or some rental income or something like that. How do you, what do you have to earn? And then it forces you into goals. What's going to be the amount of money you need every month to actually move the needle, to pay stuff up, to save, to invest. So that's why you want the real estate treasure map.com. All right. I'm sorry. Right. So as far as that goes, it's um, the quickest and easiest way to get your free copy of the real estate treasure map is just text the word Harris to 31996. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. And what the treasure map is, is the book that we update every year and it's a fill in the blank business and life plan. So it walks you through every single aspect of essentially getting your personal and your business financial house in order. It also is a, a really drilled down detailed goal setting thing. And this is good for any time of the year, not just the beginning of the year or the end of the year when a lot of you guys have traditionally set goals. You can do it anytime. And again, this is a real business plan. This is a business and life plan. It's going to not just basically help you to identify what your goals are, but it's going to force you to actually go about setting an action plan in place to accomplish your goals. And this is free. And we also give you six other books um, and like 12 monthly generation plan. There's, I don't even remember the name of all the other books. Real Estate Treasure Map is the first one I want you to download. I want you to print it off. It's, not, it's a bunch of pages. I think it's like 30 or 40 pages. Print it all off. Uh, read it and then start with, and Julie's next point will lend credence to what I'm about to say, do it with your spouse or your significant other because that's really critical. So go ahead and text the word H-A-R-R-I-S or text the word Harris to 31996. Go ahead and text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. All right, perfect. So point number four is to actually coordinate with your spouse or significant others who share your bills. Don't get caught off guard when one of you spent the money from the savings and the other one had to pay a bill with that. Well, this is one of the most common things that I get out of our tenants trying to like delay their rent by, you know, five days or 10 days. Well, you know, my husband had to pay a medical bill and he didn't tell me, so we're going to be late. You've got to coordinate that stuff. If you guys are sharing accounts, you've got to be on top of it and have the same plan. This is why you both can be on mint.com and have those budgets in place and be looking at the same dashboard. So consider giving each spouse or partner a monthly slush fund of, say, you know, $250, $500 each that you can spend on yourselves that is not connected to what you're paying your bills with. That's one way to resolve some of those potential conflicts. All right. And you know what, five. Julie, around those yeah. points, though, here's the sure. other thing. You cannot, like Julie and I, uh, we work within, and we, we've operated off a somewhat of a budget, but truthfully, as we've become wealthier, we don't really pay much attention to it anymore. But we do still know what our household budget is. We do every single month. We, yeah, we review basically what our household budget is. We review everything. We look at exactly what's going on so we know exactly what's happening. But one of the things, you know, we've been married for 30 years, and one of the things you learn over time is that money for many people is a total sacred cow. And so if you start basically trying to dictate essentially to your spouse how they should go about control, and money is like a control thing. So if you tell somebody how to spend their money or not spend the money, you're going to immediately start creating problems. And so by removing, you know, so it's not one person dictating the other, the better way to go about it is doing the treasure map together because the first part of the treasure map is setting your goals. So if you guys together are setting goals around, say, for example, paying for a Disney trip or a Disney cruise or whatever it is, 
and that's going to cost 20 or 30 grand. And everyone agrees that's going to be a goal. And then everyone then agrees what the budget's going to have to be, you know, the savings plan to uh, pay for that. Then everyone's on the same page. That's, again, the reason you want to do the treasure map together. Don't just do it by yourself. Do it together. And to get the free copy of the real estate treasure map, just text the word Harris to 31996. Julie? That's it. So here's the one that can really change your life. Point number five, every time you deposit a commission check, separate it into three accounts. Operations, that's what you pay your bills with. That's what your electronic payments are tied to, your minimum monthly at least, if not more. A tax account and the savings account. How many of you listening right now have two accounts, maybe even only one account, and here's how you operate. If you have one, uh, one account, here's what you do. You pay your bills, especially the urgent ones. You see what's left and you spend it. And then maybe if you're lucky, you have enough money to pay your taxes. That is poor money management. When you get a commission check, not all of those dollars are yours. I'm sorry to, you know, enlighten some of you that haven't realized this yet. Okay. But after you make that first one and get your first tax bill, you should be clear on this. You've got to separate it into three accounts. Now, some of you have two accounts. You've got operations and then you've got what you call your savings but you're commingling your tax money and your savings and you're hoping that you don't have something you've got to use that savings for that'll make it so you can't pay your taxes or opposite. You can't do that. You have to pay your taxes regardless. By the way, they're not that negotiable on that and they like to charge you penalties, which some of you are familiar with. So you've got to be three different accounts on every single check. Now, what you put into your savings account, maybe that starts off with just 10% because you're getting caught up, you're paying stuff off, whatever the case may be. And then you get stuff paid off. Now it's going to be 15% savings. Then it's going to be 20% savings. I've got one coaching client that does 38% savings off of every check. So this can change, but what you can't do is commingle those funds. Does that make sense, Tim? That's, of course, in the treasure map as well. It does. And, guys, that right there, uh, when Julie and I figured that out, when we were in our 20s, that was essentially one of the biggest, stupidest and simplest ideas that is. That was huge. That changed our lives. We figured that out after being in real estate about two years. And so what Julie would literally do is she would get a commission check, and, and I just want to make this really painfully clear how simple this system is. You, Julie and I do not like elaborate, complicated anything because then you won't do it. So you get your commission check, and by the way, this is for any amount of money that you have, have coming in from any source, a home warranty. Uh, it does not matter, okay? Any money that comes in, you do the same thing. You split it three ways. And you walk into, here's what you look like. You're walking into the bank. You've got the commission check that you've just earned and, you know, from your broker. And then the broker's, uh, the commission check has got a deposit ticket that's filled out that's going to go into your, uh, basically go into your operations account, in essence, to cash it. Or what we would prefer is you put it into a separate LLC, assuming your state allows you to have a corporation, but that's a different conversation. But then against that commission check, you are literally at the same time depositing three checks that are going into them three separate accounts. Now, Tim, why, is it, why can't you just go about basically transferring the money later? Because you won't do it. That's why. Right. Now, another little nice thing to do is on the savings and the tax account, make them deposit only so you can't sweep in or sweep out. The sweep out is where you get screwed, right? No so debit so cards the, on those. Right. No debit cards, no credit cards. One account is not linked to the other you're not going to be able to basically borrow from Peter to pay Paul, to pay Steve, to pay Bob, okay? So when you take that check to the account, when you take that check to the bank, write three checks against it, and then basically that, then, that money then starts to build. 
And look, at first, in, as you're paying down debt, and this is really important you guys understood what she just said, you're going to be putting maybe a small percent towards your savings and more of a percent towards, uh, for example, you know, uh, debt retirement. And, and we, we're going to talk tomorrow about, and as far as like how to pay off debt, as, in terms of basically understanding how to you know, essentially speed that up, it's very simple. It's all psychological. There's no, you could drill down forever about money. But just on a quick aside, because Julie, I don't think you have this point. When you have some ex- uh, extraneous debt, pay off the smallest balance first, not the ones with the highest interest rates. Just, just don't overthink it. So pay off the ones with the smallest balances because it makes you feel good. That's it. So if you got, if you owe, you know, money three different places, pay off the ones that are the easiest to pay off the first. Because psychologically, you know, you're winning that way. And then just leave the the biggest one for last. That's the easiest, yes. the, the simplest way to Which do it. Which is also good for your um, credit because you're, you're uh, you know, getting fewer credit lines and your credit will like that. We Remember we did a podcast about credit. This was one of the points is that the number of open lines counts against you. So there you go. That'll help with that too. Point number six. Point number six, consider paying an accountant monthly to prepare your profit and loss spreadsheets and keep you on track to pay your quarterly taxes. Now, you're going to pay an accountant less if you're using Mint.com because it does most of the work for them, but they can prepare those documents and keep you on track for quarterlies. When you start doing your quarterlies on time, there's a good chance you're going to end up with a refund check versus having to pay penalties. So this is all good. keeps you nice and clean. So consider paying an accountant. It's not as expensive as you guys think. Point number seven, actually understand your commission split. This is a big one. Oh, my goodness. This drives me crazy as a coach, right? How many times have we asked people and they can't explain their commission split, their cap, their fees? You know, there's always like, well, that's after the 8% off the top or that's after I pay this or pay that. What is your actual net? You have to know what percent you actually net on each transaction. I think it's, it's like just the financial malpractice for yourself to not be able to know that number. Go ahead. But let's level off there. Let's level off there. And, 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 but here's the insanity of, of how uh, incessant this problem is. When you talk to any single agent in the face of the earth and you ask them about production, have you ever noticed that they're going to tell you the dollar volume or the number of houses that they sold? In other words, if, if they're not selling high expensive stuff, they're going to tell you about their units. And if they're selling expensive stuff, they're going to tell you about their dollar volume. But that has mm-hmm. no reflection whatsoever in what they're actually netting. None. And I've had this conversation with people so many times about what their actual commission split is. And even the most seasoned, grizzled, smart, successful, top producing, absolute rock star uh, real estate agents, they don't freaking know. Because what happens is, is they get so – they don't think of it as their money. So when that commission check comes in to the broker, you know, legally it's the broker's money, right, because you work for the broker. But they're not thinking of it as their money. That money that's coming into the broker is money that you earn from the sweat of your brow, and you've got to think of it that way. And if you don't, that's how you get stuck with paying a royalty fee, how you end up st- with these you know, no-cap commission splits, how you get stuck paying all these fees and all this Mickey Mouse garbage. And then when you sit – like, so if I ask you what's your commission split, some of you are going to say 75, 70-30 or 90-10 or – and then you're like, oh, and you think in your head, well, that's what it is. You're wrong. That's not what it is. If we drill down more and we look at your last commission check and we do the math. It's really simple. How much was the, you know, you just sold a house for, you know, 500 grand, let's say, and the commission was 3%. That's 15 grand. How much was your check, right? You, you don't actually figure out how, how much is being taken from you until somebody like Julie or I 
has this conversation with you, and then you're realizing that, holy crap, you're spending – I have had this year so far, the most I've had uh, when doing this very exercise with somebody, I found somebody that paid $410,000 to their broker last year, granted to top producer, but that's what she paid to her broker this year or last year, and she did not even know it. I had to sit down and do the math with her to show her how much money she was showing out. And, and frankly, we were having a conversation about EXP. And here's, I'll tell you guys where this conversation went. So I was having this conversation with her about essentially how much money more she could put in her pocket just by going with EXP. And if you guys want to talk with me about EXP Realty, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. But I remember this conversation because it was the high – I haven't had one that had paid out that much. So this was my biggest one so far. So I remember her math. So it was over 400000 that she paid to her broker last year. Now, anybody who's been in the business for any amount of time knows that your, the name of your broker, who your broker is, does not matter. People are choosing to do business with you because of you. You are the reason that you do transactions, not your broker. Brokers know this. People do not choose who they're going to work with based on their brand anymore. We could argue back and forth about different markets around the country. Like New York City, people will say if you're not one of the top three brands, then you're basically not going to get any deals. Well, then explain how, for example, companies like Compass are able to basically create themselves out of the ether and all of a sudden start getting market share. Because at the end of the day, the sellers and the buyers choose to do business with individual agents. Let's not even argue that point. It's just a fact. So what then we move past is the realization that ultimately what matters is you. Then if it, what matters is you and your business for yourself, which is what you legally are, you are a business owner, then it's your job to make as much net profit from your real estate transactions as you possibly can. So going back to – I'm not going to mention her name, but going back and talking about this gal. So over 400000 to her broker. Had she been with EXP last year, she actually would have paid a total of nothing. And, and because of the way that the cap works at EXP, but also this really unique program called ICON, she would have ended up getting her cap back in the form of the EXPI stock. And she basically would have essentially had no, no commission split whatsoever because she would have capped within the first month or two of the year – and then after that, all the money that came in after that would have been 100%. Yes, there's a transaction fee of 250 bucks, but that's it. So she basically would have paid the broker virtually nothing. And they were her, her, the, the ICON program uh, gives her uh, stock in the company, so the stock would appreciate, uh, just all these different things. That, and when I show folks essentially the model that EXP has created and how much more wealth accumulation you can actually have, over the next like three years, if she just keeps her production right where it is, she'll be able to save over a million dollars versus staying where she's at now. Doesn't that seem insane to you guys? But that was a real conversation I had, and I had conversations like that every day. So if you guys, it does not matter where you are on the income production wheel. If you want to have a conversation with me about EXP, just text me directly, 512-758-0206, and you and I will have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about why EXP Realty it's, you know, I used to say it's the right move for, you know, 95% of the agents, but now after having uh, talked with so many different agents and so many different price ranges and markets, I'm positive it's the right move for 100% of the agents. So, guys, look, the reason that you have not accumulated more money isn't just because you're overpaying your broker, but you are. The reason you haven't accumulated more money and wealth is a series of things, and we're going to be picking this up tomorrow where we left off today. But in the meantime, your homework is two things. Get your real estate treasure map downloaded. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. That's job one. And, jo and get that done right away. And then job two, guys, is you're going to have to basically then, if you're ready to have a serious conversation, 
about your brokerage and is your broker making you broke, feel free to direct, uh, direct me text. Just text me directly, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, guys, you have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.